Welcome to The Institute, a podcast on the lives and work of fellows and friends of the Institute for the Arts and Humanities at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I'm Clay, communication specialist. In this episode, Philip Hollingsworth speaks with distinguished professor of art and history, Daniel Sherman. In their conversation, Dr. Sherman talks about his latest research project on an archeological site in France, as well as the tenets of critical museum studies. Can you, for the, the audience, could you describe, briefly describe your project that you're working on during your fellowship and then, and beyond? Yes, so this is a project called Sensations, French Archaeology Between Science and Media, uh, 1890-1930. And it looks at two vigorous controversies in the French archaeological world uh, in that time period, one about the extent of excavation at Carthage, the ruined city in Tunisia, just outside of Tunis, and the other about a, an archaeological site in central France called Glozelle uh, that was discovered by accident in 1924 and seemed to be a Neolithic trove until doubts were cast on its authenticity. Uh, I'm interested in these moments because they illuminate the way archaeology as a whole uh, as it was developing as a scientific discipline, was also an object of popular interest and attention, and I see that as defining uh, the contours of the field as it developed. Can you pinpoint maybe an origin of that that interest in French cultural history? It's certainly an interest that uh, I can trace back to my undergraduate days. Uh, I had a um, uh, when I started college, uh, I thought, I, I mean, I already had a strong intellectual interest in European history. I thought that I was more interested in British than French history, but I had a really inspiring teacher of French history uh, in my second year as an undergraduate, and that kind of shifted me in, in that direction. Uh, and as for cultural history, I, I think it began with my interest in museums, which were the, the subject of my dissertation and first book. And that's, that's something that I, I, really, I kind of fell upon uh, in, my, in my senior year when I was it just, it, it, came, it came to me as a research topic. So. And there are museums in this project that come up sort of throughout my work since, but they're not the, the major focus this and, time. And you're in the art department in the art history, correct? I have a joint appointment in oh, okay. art history and history. Oh, okay. I but see. My, my degree is in, is in, my PhD is in history. Oh, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, is there a certain course that you enjoy most teaching, either in the history or the art art history department? There, there are a couple of courses that have been especially rewarding that, that relate to my own intellectual interests. One is a course called Monuments in Memory, which relates especially to a book I did on, on World War I commemoration in France, but that looks at 
monuments in Western Europe and the United States from the the 17th century to the present, and and that that's something that students relate to in part because of the ongoing controversies about yeah. monuments and memorials here and and elsewhere, and and I uh, it's fun to see them gaining some historical perspective uh, and being able to talk more knowledgeably about current controversies. And then there's a, of course, I've I just offered last year for the first time on, on the history of art museums. Uh, I've taught critical museum studies for close to 20 years now, but usually as a seminar, and this is the first time I offered it as a, as a, as a seminar organized thematically, and this is the first time I tried to kind of put it together in, 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 a, in chronological order. And it was challenging, but again, this, it, it, the students really got into it. What would you consider a foundational tenet or a definition of critical museum studies, for those that don't know? Or why we should study Well, no, I, the, no the foundational no, really. tenet, I, I think, <laughs> is that museums are political institutions uh, as they, they are, and their building blocks are social and political ideas and ideas about how you mold uh, citizens uh, in institutions like art museums, as well as practices of collecting and the fields of knowledge, uh, whether it's art or anthropology or natural history or uh, or whatever, uh, that that inform um, the way museums are are organized and run. Right. So that they're not just they're not just about what they say they're about. They're they're about uh, society and politics uh, at large. Do you have a favorite museum or one that you like to go back to or visit? Well, uh, I mean, I, I'm. Uh, or, I or like. Can you enjoy museums after? Yeah, I can. Being, I can no, invo- I'm, enjoy I'm museums. Kidding. I mean, I think no, no, no. It's a good question. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, I visit museums in different ways yeah. from typical visitors. I think. I mean, I, I'm. Uh, I take a lot of pictures of labels. Um, yeah. Although that's become more common. I mean, with. I mean, people people take pictures of labels to remember what what they've seen. Is there a favorite museum? I mean, I I grew up in Washington, D.C., and the first museum that I really got to know as a museum was the National Gallery. And I enjoy going back there and feeling a sense of familiarity, feeling that it's part of my my own life trajectory, as well as noticing what's changed. Thinking of that museum particularly or any other museum that you're familiar with, what would you like to see change in terms of how museums are run or what they present? I think that there are a lot of changes going on in museums in the direction of greater public outreach and engagement. I think that's happening and will continue to happen as um, as whether I like it or not. Um, I think that, uh, and I think it's generally a good thing, although there have been instances where, not in, I mean, in, in smaller museums where people have gone a little overboard with sort of 20s-themed parties and cocktails and, and 
there some of the art has ended up being damaged. Mm. But that's that's in an extreme. Um, but I I think that it's really important for art museums with the resources. And I'm just talking about art museums here because science and natural history museums are often run in different ways that that actually privilege uh, scientific research. But the museums that I, I think that I hope that museums, art museums with the resources will continue to promote research on their collections, will continue to produce scholarly catalogs that advance knowledge in their fields rather than just being souvenirs of the works displayed. It's become harder to do, and a a lot of even major museums like the Museum of Modern Art produce catalogs that are kind of compendia of essays and uh, I think are are not as useful to scholars as uh, as they could be. So um, I just hope that the museums that do scholarly catalogs, like the Metropolitan and the National Gallery, actually the National Galleries in both um, the U.S. and and Britain, continue doing that. Find the support for it. What's a book that changed your life? It would have to be pick a book by by Foucault. I mean. Power, power, knowledge, or um, the first volume of the the history of sexuality, or discipline and punish, or these were all books that I came across right after I finished graduate school. I had a very empirical historical training. There was even a rumor among graduate students in in history at at, at well, students of Peter Gay. There's no reason not to name him. Um, from whom I learned a lot, but he was a co-advisor with the French historian there, John Merriman. Um, but there were rumors that you know you you couldn't mention you couldn't mention the word discourse in your dissertation. Right. Um, you couldn't mention Foucault. This was the this was the the mid '80s, and so it was really only after that, uh, in, when I was in my first non-tenure track job, uh, that I started reading Foucault and. It transformed my understanding of cultural history, and it's he's certainly I think you know anyone else in uh, who's worked in critical museum stu- studies would would tell you the same thing that along with with Bourdieu and and other cultural theorists, he was essential to coming up with that foundational tenet that you asked me about a little while ago. Yeah, um, that that's he he really opened our eyes to. Um, along with along with Gramsci and um, a whole body of Marxist cultural theory uh, as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Check back at iah.unc.edu for the latest news on our fellows and upcoming events at Hyde Hall. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on our website, as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at IAH underscore UNC.